currently have a faith-filled, consistent prayer life? And what specific prayer do you need to bring before God? Well, in today's episode, we're going to learn to pray Elijah's way. So join us right now. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chandler Acres Church in Bellevue, Nebraska, and as always, so glad you are joining us today. Uh, We believe wherever you are listening to this episode, this podcast, we believe God has placed you uh, where you need to be, and we are always praying that God will give you a reason and a purpose of why he's put you where you are. So we are in week number three of Elijah. And what we're going to do today is we're going to be talking about prayer. And so I want you guys to just kind of pretend for a moment that, that we're on a, the hit reality television show of America's Got Talent. And what's going to happen is Simon Cowell, Howie Mandel, Heidi Klum, and, and the other girl, I don't remember her name, um, they're going to judge you, okay? Now, here's the twist. They're going to judge you based upon the intimacy and effectiveness of your prayer life. And they're going to give you a score and determine if you move on to the next round based upon your prayer life. So it's at this point in which I need to ask you a question and I need you to be gut level honest and transparent okay, with yourselves because otherwise it just won't work, right? So if you're going to be judged uh, for the effectiveness and, and the intimacy of your prayer life, how many of you would tell or rate yourself or score yourself a nine or a 10? Anybody bold enough to do that or honest enough to do that? How many of you would say, you know, maybe you're hovering around the five to six range right now, okay? The next one is my favorite question to ask. How many of you are honest enough to say, you know what, Dan, I'm in the subterrain right now. I'm like negative one, zero, maybe, maybe one or two, okay? How many of you are there? Okay. Well, there was this guy who had a son who is deathly afraid of tornadoes, like, like freakishly weird afraid of tornadoes. So, so when a severe storm comes, this guy uses that time to talk to his son through praying. He tells his son to pray and take these thoughts captive, you know, that, that God is not a God of fear, but of power and of sound mind. And so after a couple of severe storms, this guy thinks his son is starting to get it, right? He, he's been praying a couple of times and he seems to be a little more calm uh, and, and whatnot. And then a tornado comes. Now it's not in the, the area they're at, but he sees it on the news, like like it's north or south of them, you know, a good distance. It's not really coming towards them, but he sees it. He hears tornado, and he starts to freak out. And he says, Dad, it just doesn't work. You know, I've tried this prayer thing, and I've asked God to take it away, but that tornado is still coming. I don't even know if he, if he cares. Is he really there? Can he, can he really hear me? Is he listening? Dad, I just don't think it really works. And the reality is, some of you, your heart is in that exact same place, right? That's where we get our scores from sometimes, right? Truth be known, truth be known, you, you're asking yourself, man, does it really work? And if you're not there now, maybe you've been there before because you've been praying for your marriage and it feels like God is, is not moving, 
right? Maybe you've been praying for uh, a spouse. You know, I just need a spouse. God, give me a spouse. God, I, can you just send me that spouse, right? Or, or God, hey, you know, I take away this addiction, would you? I can't, I can't keep wrestling with the same addiction month after month, year after year. Maybe you've asked God to take away your anger, or maybe you've asked God to just set you free from whatever it is, right? You've asked him to heal a relationship. And many of you are saying, well, where, where is God and why isn't he listening to me, right? We are going to dive into the life of Elijah today. And let me tell you, this guy understood prayer. He understood it. He came before God with boldness and with confidence. And I have to tell you, I've learned so much from, from studying uh, Elijah. I have to tell you this, okay? Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, reminds us uh, uh, of who Elijah was. In, in James 5.17, he, he wrote, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Man, that's power, right? You know, that's, that's hundreds of years later after it happens that they're still talking about Elijah and his prayer life. I can't even remember the last time I prayed that it wouldn't rain, right? And, that w- and then it stopped in the middle of it as I prayed it, and it hasn't happened. Maybe, maybe it has for you. Here's the thing. This is what I'm looking at. As I look at Elijah's prayer life, I think that a lot of us, when we pray, we pray with a, a little P-R-A-Y, right? Kind of like, God, will you help me pray, you know, or help me just this, you know, or, or would you just be with me? God, heal somebody. You know, it's, it's could you whatever, you know. And then you look at Elijah, and Elijah prays with a capital P-R-A-Y. He prays with confidence. He prays with boldness that, that God is going to move and that God is going to work. Now, remember, the story we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is, is King Ahab and, and Jezebel, right, are, are very evil, right? And they're, they're taking the nation down. They are not living for God. They're, they're literally destroying it. And so God says to Elijah, right, I need you to go to King Ahab and Jezebel, and, and I need you to tell them that they need to turn this thing around. They need to fall before me. They need to get their lives right with me. And so he goes to them, and of course they didn't. And Elijah says, okay, since you're not going to change, God's going to take away the rain. And then Elijah goes and runs and prays, God, take away the rain. And just when we, just what we've just been reading, you know, and God did for, for three and a half years, no rain, it was gone, right? So Elijah wakes up one day and says, okay, God, I'm sensing it's time. It's time for the rain to, to start again. And so here's his prayer. If you have your Bibles, man, I'd love for you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 42, okay? Uh, We're going to start kind of in the middle of verse 42. Here's what it says. Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, Mount Carmel, okay? Uh, Bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, their servant reported, cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Let's pause there for a moment, okay? Because the reality is so many of us struggle with our prayer lives, right? Consistency is tough. Uh, Authenticity um, can be hard at times, right? Uh, We feel like God doesn't answer at times. but, But if you guys will engage, if you guys will listen today, if you will dive into God's word with me, you are going to to walk away with some truth that can you can implement into your life, and it will change and transform your, your prayer life for forever, right? 
Okay? You will not be the same person. God will move and he will work and he'll transform your relationship with him through today's episode. Okay, It's important that we dive in and we listen. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to extract some important details out of this prayer that he does. Okay, And then we're going to walk away with four different qualities of an effective prayer. All right, so I hope you guys are ready. The first one, if you guys are kind of taking any notes or anything, uh, the first one is effective prayers are humble prayers, okay? So Elijah climbs to the top of Mount Carmel. He puts on his North Face gear. He's got his camel pack, his little GPS, right? I wish that, you know, he probably wished they had those things back then. But anyway, he makes his way up to the top of the mountain to be alone with God. He needed to get God's attention, right? And so as he climbed to the very top, First Kings tells us or tells you what happens, it, right? It says at the same point in time when Elijah got there, Elijah bent down to the ground and he put his face between his knees. Now, can you picture it, right? He makes it to the top, falls down to his knees, right? And he puts his face between his knees and he just sits there before a holy God. He physically humbled himself. It's just a picture of what was going on spiritually inside of him. He was spiritually humbled at that moment. He realized that he couldn't bring the rain. He realized that he was small, that he was a nobody, that he was incapable. He knew he needed rain, but he knew that he couldn't do it. And this humbling of himself was him spiritually saying, God, I'm small, tiny, inadequate. I can't do this. But God, you are big, holy, the sustainer, the creator, the healer, and the provider. He humbled himself before God because he knew that he could not bring the rain. But he did know who could. And James says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Look at that promise, right? Our God who is the creator, he is the one who will lift you up. But when we, but what we have to understand is humbling and humility precedes the miraculous in our lives, right? Remember this. Understand. Humbling and humility precedes the miraculous in our lives. You want to get God's attention? You want him to move? You want him to listen to the prayer that you've been bringing to him? Humble yourself. Humble yourself before him. Number two of the four qualities. Effective prayers are specific prayers. They are specific. As always, I, I want to be transparent with you. Uh, so many times in my life, I'm a wishy-washy prayer prayer, right? Non-specific praying, just little things here and there, right? Elijah was specific. He was very, very specific. God, we need some rain. God, it's been three and a half years. Give us water. Give us some H2O, liquid from heaven, right? He was specific. He knew exactly what it was that he wanted. He said, go and look towards the sea. He told the servant, he went up and he looked and there was nothing there. He was specific in what he wanted to ask God for. You see, we have to become a group of people that will humble ourselves before God and then come to him without shame, right? And then come with him boldness and courage, praying a specific prayer that God would move and work on our behalf. Number three uh, of the four qualities, effective prayers are persistent prayers, right? They are persistent So Elijah was humbled himself, right? He prayed a specific prayer. Now he says, okay, go and look towards the sea. He told a servant and he went up there and he looked and the servant came back and said, hey, there's nothing there, right? Look at what Elijah says next, right? He said seven times, Elijah said, go back. 
Go back seven times, right? So here's the deal. He's up there, right? He's humbled himself, praying a specific prayer. He's like, okay, servant, I prayed. Now I want you to go look. He looks and he comes back and he's like, hey, man, no rain. Elijah says, okay, hang on a second. And he prays again. God, we need the rain. Will you bring it back? And so he sends the servant out. Servant comes back. No rain. So he does it again and again and again. He does it seven times. What you don't hear Elijah say is, ah, this, this thing, this prayer thing doesn't really work, right? He doesn't say God's sleeping or he doesn't care. No, he is laser focused on, on his specific prayer and he prays and he prays and he prays this specific prayer. But here's what you've got to understand. Elijah doesn't allow the outward circumstances of what's going on to affect his inward assurance, right? Let me say it again. Elijah doesn't allow the outward circumstances of what's going on. In other words, that, that the things that are happening as we're praying, okay, we cannot affect our inward assurance, right? We have to continue to be assured God is listening and God is there. When it seems like God is not moving and maybe it's a timing issue, when it seems like God's not answering, he doesn't get frustrated, right? He doesn't throw in the towel. He doesn't say, I'm done, right? He doesn't say, this doesn't work. What does he do? He prays and he prays. It doesn't seem like God's working and he prays and he prays. He's persistent. So here's my question for you. What have you, what have you quit praying for that you need to start praying for again? Right? Let me ask you that again. What have you quit praying for that you need to start praying for again? Maybe it's your marriage. You haven't seen much movement, so you kind of just quit praying. Maybe it's for a job. You've grown tired and weary. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's for someone in your family that doesn't have a relationship with Christ. And maybe it's been years and you've just kind of given up on it. Scripture says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man prevails. All right, so let's recap. Number one, effective prayers are humble prayers. Number two, effective prayers are specific prayers. And number three, effective prayers are persistent prayers, right? And then number four is effective prayers are expectant prayers. And I'm just going to tell you right now, number four is just going to blow your mind. So I hope you're ready, okay? So here we have Elijah, Mount Carmel, humbled himself, right? Specific prayers, persistent prayers. He's not quitting. He says, the seventh time the servant reported, right? Listen to this. The servant comes back after no answer every single time. And then on the seventh time, he comes back and he said, Elijah, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand that is starting to rise from the sea. I want you to look at Elijah's response to the, that answer. It's 1 Kings 18, 44, the other half of 44, where we paused. Ready? He says, so Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. In other words, he's saying, hey, go tell Ahab, you better get out of there before he, you can't anymore, right? Here's what the servant didn't say. Elijah, there's a massive monsoon thunderstorm that is brewing that's going to take this, this, this nation out. No, he said, Elijah is a little cloud about the size of a man's hand, maybe. And what does Elijah do? He says, oh man, it's coming. We have to release the emergency management plan. Get the ambulances and the fire engines, get the monsoon team. I don't know if really a monsoon team exists, but maybe. And, and life vests and the boats, right? And, and whatever is needed. And Ahab, you better get down the mountain because there's a little cloud as small as a man's hand. 
to me, I don't know about you, but that, that kind of cracks me up, right? It's really ridiculous to think that. If, if that would have been me, I'd have been like, okay, cool. There's a little cloud. All right, let's pull that up on the old weather app, right? And let's take a look at the radar and really see what this little cloud's all about, right? Let's see what's really going on. And then once I confirmed it, I would have been like, okay, you know, it's just a little cloud. Let me just sit here for a second. And, you know, maybe as soon as I feel it, then, then, then I'm going to really believe it, right? Elijah was expected. He put all that stuff into play. You know, if it was in our time, it would have cost the city tons of money, right? On the belief that God was going to move and do the miraculous. Every year, we as a church at Chandler Acres, we take students and adults to a camp called Super Summer. Uh, it's a student camp. It's, uh, it's in the middle of Kansas. It's a really cool place, by the way. If you're ever looking for a camp to take your church to, uh, I suggest this one because they do a lot for very little compared to a lot of other camps, okay? Um, if you ever want to get some more information on it, man, just comment in our, in our episode and we'll get you that information. But, but every year, on average, we, we take about 25 or 30 you know, on average, sometimes more, sometimes it's less, right? Uh, super summer this year for each student to go to camp was $260 per person. So as you can tell, by the way, that's, that's pretty inexpensive, okay? We only had 21 this year, and with the cost of our van rental and our gas and some food and some other incidentals, it was a grand total of 7500 give or take a few bucks, right? Well, every year, we as a church, we as we as uh, members, we as pastors, we as leaders, we pray that God will provide the amount of funds we need for our trip. And, and man, you can ask my wife and you can ask some of our members, some of our people that have been coming for, for a while. And we all know that every year God provides the funds, right? And not only does he provide the funds, right? It has been the exact amount of money that was needed down to the last penny. Was this expected? Absolutely, because we moved in faith and prayed because we knew that God was going to move and we knew that he was going to work and we knew he was going to provide. In scripture, Mark says this, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours in faith. That's so powerful. Let me read that again to you. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours in faith. In other words, put action in place. Believe. Believe that God is going to move and that God is going to work. So what happened to Elijah after he called out all the troops and he evacuated the town and everybody's gone, right? Look at what it says in 1 Kings 18, verse 45. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. He left, right? He saw what was coming, and he's gone. Let me tell you today, God answers prayers, and God moves supernaturally on behalf of his people. Folks, just pray. Do not give up, and pray. Be persistent. Amen? Amen. This concludes another episode of Venture Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, we really do. Uh, we're going to wrap up our series on Elijah next week. And we're going to be specifically talking about depression. Okay, So I hope you'll join us as we discuss uh, how God helps us through depression. All right, we'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast and Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, 
please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.